what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is the NBA Best Bets episode from the Action Network, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Glad to have you guys with us. Joining me tonight for Best Bets as we are back after a painful night without basketball, after the insanity of having 15 games on one night. I've got <laughs> Jay Money. You can find him on Twitter at Jay Money is Money. Jay, what's up? Yeah. Doing well, man. Um, it's, it's coming out some nice games, trying to keep it going. It's early season. It's a long season, I always say, man, but uh, just trying to get some cash with you guys. Also joining me, Sean Lill from MSG Networks. You can catch him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Sean, how you doing? I'm good. What's up, fellas? I got to get back. I got to get back on track as well. So I'm looking forward to the show and giving out uh, some picks. I hope they come through, man. I got to get back on track. It's been a rough start so far. All right, well, let's run down the best bets, and then we'll break them down as far as what the cap is, and I'll interrogate the guys a little bit on those handicaps. Jay, let's start with you. What's your best bet for the Wednesday slate? My best bet for Wednesday is going to be the Magic plus seven. I know that Ben Carroll is kind of questionable, whatever, if you guys want to wait on it, but uh, wait for him. But regardless, I like the Magic in this spot plus seven. Uh, Some other games I could make cases for Pistons, Nuggets, Blazers, Hawks, but Magic is definitely my best bet, and it's the one that I have money on so far. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about Blazers here in a little bit. Sean, what's your best bets for yes. the Wednesday slate? Yeah, I got a couple. I'm going Celtics team total over 118 and a half, and then I'm going Pelicans minus one and a half against the Bulls. Uh, my best bets, Portland minus four and a half. And, oh boy, uh, I'll, I'll throw in Nuggets Pacers over 235. We'll talk about that one. That's another one. And then I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to give it out. Lakers money line plus 170. That's right. I like pain. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. All right, Jay, let's start with you. So uh, you're on the magic here. And mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting spot when you sent me that based off of just the magic coming off of, uh, how can I put this? Uh, a motherfucking painful loss for me <laughs> as they lost to the Houston Rockets. At home, that was a, a painful game. Their defense has been really shoddy. This has been, I, I think, the upside for the Magic is that their their team in general looks like Bancaro looks awesome. Franz Wagner looks awesome. They haven't had a point guard. All of those things are good. But as I check the Action Network app, the best way for you to track your bets, get up to the second information on where the picks and money are coming in on, um, as we, we kind of dive into that, you know, Orlando's, now plus seven at home, holding steady versus a Dallas Mavericks team. Obviously a rough spot for both teams with that two days off here. Uh, Magic coming off of a bad loss. What's your cap here for taking the Magic versus Luka? 
Yeah, so I mean, I love the Mavs. This is someone my hometown team here, but liking the Magic here plus the seven. Let me break it down for you. This is the fourth straight home game for the Magic here, so it's a spot that we like the home team in. This is also a revenge spot as well. They just lost 105 to 114 October 30th. It was a wire to wire cover there. They started out the game 23 to 13. Like I say, they were never basically out of the game there. The Mavericks basically have to come back back in the fourth quarter um, to win that game by nine. They they led for three quarters out in that game. And this is a bounce back spot as well for two straight losses for the Magic. Like I say, Ben Carroll is questionable here, but regardless here, uh, I think he'll probably play, especially with his streak of uh, 25 or more points, whatever. Pretty sure he's going to try to uh, to suit up in this one. But for the Mavs, Christian Wood is out. Hardaway is questionable, and Hardaway may not play. I don't expect the best game from the Mavs here. This is their first game of a back-to-back with a double revenge spot versus the Wizards on deck. The last Last time they faced them, they lost 135 to 103. So they got smacked up by the Wizards last time. If you remember, Porzingis plays on that team. It's a big game for Luke. I'm sure he's going to – I'm sure he wants that game a little bit more. Let's just put it that way, uh, in my opinion. They've won four straight games, but teetering going to loss as well. They've won the last four games by an average of 3.7 points. They're 0-4-1 against the spread last five games. Um, first game on the road after five straight home games as well, which is also a phase spot. Early start on the East Coast, uh, I see a a flat spot for the Mavs. They're also two and five against the spread last seven meetings versus uh, in Orlando. Give me the magic here. Plus the seven. Yeah. The early starts tough. That's a, that's not a bad angle. I mean, it's not a far flight, right? It's Texas to to central Florida. So, all right. If we, if we do a four point flip here on home court and that's a little generous to Orlando's home court here, but we do a, a flip here that gets us to Mavs minus 11 at home. And that does feel a little heavy, but that feels a little heavy. I can't go with you on this. I can't tell you because numbers have got this significantly above where it's at. So based off of my regular season figure in this small sample spot has this upwards of 15 because the Mavs are still coasting off of destroying the Memphis Grizzlies. If you have one game in these first 10 games where you just annihilate a team, it takes about, I found about three weeks for it to honestly even out and negate that a little bit. Like the hangover effects when you have one of those games is huge. But I'll say this, like even based off of power rating uh, adjusted from the preseason expectations to now, I've still only got this, I've still got this 10. So even in, and there's no real home court factored in for Orlando because they've been bad, obviously. I mean, they just lost to the Rockets at home, so I can't give them much of an edge there. So I've still got this 10, but I want to bet it. I don't want to lay the wood with seven here, especially with that being, especially with Wood out. I don't know. It's tough to figure out how much to give Wood against the spread, right? Like maybe a half point, just based off of the fact that he doesn't start. They've got like, they've removed JaVale McGee from the rotation after giving him $30 million. And yet they're still like, no, we're not giving Christian Wood the starting spot. That's how stubborn Jason Kidd is. Um, Hardaway Jr. Would, would be not great as an absence either. You know, the, the Mavericks entire thing is we're going to play good defense and Luke is going to take you one-on-one. I don't know that the mat, that the magic have the perimeter defenders to be able to hang with Luca here. Um, and so he may have another monster night. I don't know if that changes things though, because they still haven't been able to cover. This is what's crazy is like, my numbers have them as like this dominant, really great top five team. But their ATS record, like they're underperforming game by game versus the market. I think they're overpriced a bit. If I want, if I was going to play a side, it would be Mavericks, but I can't get there with the number. So I, I, I do not like using the, I don't hate it, but I have to use it here. I don't hate it. 
Um, Sean, what do you think about this about this play? Yeah, I I lean and I put it out in uh, the Action Network app with Jay here. There's a seven and a half floating around there as well. This is a fade dull spot on a Wednesday mm-hmm. night for the Mavs. All the things Jay laid out. I understand that Jason Kidd is a wizard on the defensive end. The things he was doing to Kevin Durant in some of those spots the other night was really fun to watch. And we know how they get down on defense. But I like the magic here. They, they're familiar with each other. They also played in the preseason, which is mm-hmm. interesting. So they have, they have a lot of familiarity with each other. Nine-point game. They played those guys tough. T- tape to tape, it was a close game, and they kind of faded down the stretch. I know they don't have the defenders, but does anybody have the defenders to deal with Luka? Uh, it, it seems like it doesn't even matter who he plays on a game-to-game basis. If they could slow him up a bit, potentially with some length down there with Wendell, Bull, maybe Suggs can even give him a little trouble to take up the challenge. But, yeah, I, I think seven and a half is, is too many points on a Wednesday night. Those guys um, being at home and – um taking care of business. I, I'm with you, Jay. I put it out in the app. I agree. Seven, seven and a half is too many for Orlando. Jay, if doesn't go, are you buying out of this position? No, I'm not buying out of it. Uh, when top t- when top players go out, that means it's be even more of a look-ahead spot for the Mavs. I yeah. actually see them losing this game outright, and I'll be taking the Mavs on Wednesday with Dinwiddie and uh, Luca going up against Porzingis. They're going to want to smash the Wizards. So um, this is one me kind of sort of knowing that I know that the Mavs have a little bit bigger game on deck. I'm, I don't expect their best game here. I expect a little bit of a look-ahead. Um, I could actually see Magic Moneyline hitting this game. Big dogs have been favorable first 20 games. I wrote about that this week for the trends piece. It's been, it's been profitable. Yeah. And the last thing for the map, they seem to play close games. Every, every other game is a close two, three point game. Like you were laying out their, their ATS numbers. So you take out that Memphis game, they are playing really close games that Luca's pulling them out of. So I like the seven and a half, seven for Orlando. I think the only other reason I would hesitate is so Dallas is kind of, like I said, they underperformed against the spread. The numbers are really good for them. Like they're second in offense and 11th in defense per dunks and threes. They got the number one straight the schedule right now, based off of who they played so far, based off of the, off of the actual performances of those teams in this season. So now a lot of that's like they played Utah, right? It was awesome. There's a little bit of, of, I've always a little variation in these early samples, but that's one thing I kind of wonder is this will be an illuminative game for me for going forward on betting on the Mavs based off of if they smash here. Okay. So they're a team that, that, that does well when they're a big favorite, when they have a big advantage, they're in a good spot. Like this is a real telltale game, right? Is like, do they get the win here? Do they cover in a spot where they should, this is a bad team. This is how you buffet that record up. So yeah. we'll see what they do. Uh, Jay and Sean both like the magic here plus seven. You can check out this game on NBA bet stream. I'll be on it. Great broadcast. Just click on the little button that shows you where all the different streams are on league pass. And I'm live betting throughout the game. Hit the same game parlay last week. Hawks Knicks had Hawks money line off to a great start. Excited for it. I'll have a Luka Doncic feature in this game, as well as I'm going to be on Luka props in this game because he is a, in beast right now and so uh if bancaro plays i'll also be on paolo because just like to me there's nothing more fun than betting on paolo props it's just incredibly fun to watch the kid play uh all right sean let's go to your yours right now let's start with the celtics team total i like this pick a lot what's your cap for the celtics celtics team total over 118 and a half versus the pistons yeah celtics told uh, team total 118 and a half everything that i look at in this game points to me 
for the, for them to score, excuse me, for the Boston Celtics to score 120 easy on the Detroit Pistons. They've just been playing extremely efficient hoops on the offensive end. We already know what Jason Tatum is doing. He's completely locked in, similar to Luka. It seems like they both want to go after that MVP trophy. But their effective field goal percentage, number two at 56.8. They lead the league in offensive rating. They've just been really extremely efficient on the offensive end. And Detroit doesn't have the bodies to do anything with Tatum or Brown. And they're brutal on D, individual uh, individually and as a team. Worst defensive rated team in the NBA. They're giving up 116.2 points per 100 possessions. Towards the bottom of the league in transition defense as well, to say the least, the, the, the Celtics can pick up some easy buckets here. I will say this. The Celtics don't do very well turning teams over. That's where they struggle. If they could even if they could turn over uh, Detroit even a little bit here, I think they'll blow through the 120 number if you throw on those easy baskets. Celtics will be happy to be back at the crib after the little uh, road trip in New York and Memphis. I like the Boston Celtics to take care of business. 11 and a half, the number was a little too rich. I think they might that, that leaves a lot of back doors open, but I think they – offensively take care of business at home and go over the number here. I see him scoring 120 plus. You know, what's crazy in this game is that in half court defense, the Detroit Pistons are actually a better team so far this season than the Boston Celtics by yeah, like Boston's D. Yeah. Boston's D has not, has been suspect for the, to start the year for sure. Yeah. Uh, I like this play and I'm going to tell you on it. I've got this modeled. I've got the Celtics modeled north of 130 based off of regular season numbers. Now, look again; those are like possible. The, those are the, those are heavily weighted towards the Celtics when they were shooting like 67 percent from three the first four games or whatever. So they're going to be a little bit wonky. Uh, Pistons defense is bad enough. Pistons give up a huge number of transition plays as well. I've got the Celtics projected here for 20 transition points, so that's going to buff it up as well. I like this because it's a way to play the specific angle of the Celtics offense versus the Pistons defense without yeah, exactly. playing the number. Don't love the number for a number for a lot of reasons. Uh, Jay was talking to us before the, the show started about how the Pistons have covered versus the Celtics a lot. Plus you mentioned like they're back home. I don't like teams when they've been on the road trip and come back home. Now this wasn't a long one. It was a short road trip, right. but I do not like it when guys have been off for a while and then they come back distractions from the family trying to catch up on all the responsibilities at the house whatever that that could be a distraction so don't love that uh but this is a great way i think to play it in particular with a number that i think is soft even with it being relatively high at 118 uh i'll tell you at, at on the over celtics 118 and a half jay what do you think about it? uh just real quick yeah the, the team toe could definitely hit the um the pistons definitely will turn the ball over as well they don't really have a lot of size down low so if the celtics keep it going they definitely uh this definitely the offense and running and gunning that's what they do just my points on the game i'd like to take the pistons here plus the 12 i might end up getting there they do have the rest advantage they're 8-0 against the spread last eight games versus the celtics the road team in this series is 5-1 against the spread last six as well celtics only one and three against the spread last four uh two and six against the spread last eight games and this is also their fourth game in six days for the celtics here so um, I actually like the Pistons here plus the 12 quite a bit. I think they make it nine straight covers versus Boston here. Second best bet, Pelicans minus one and a half versus the Bulls. I'm the guy that will bet on and against my team. I'm a Bulls fan. I'm from Chicago. I watch those guys the closest. I'm a big believer in bet with and against the teams you know the best. And uh, the Bulls are one of the teams I know the best across the board. I watch them 
frequently on a on a game to game basis and, and pay attention. The Pelicans want to get physical. We talk about this all the time, Matt. You you laid it out last time we were talking about the Pelicans. They want to get physical and they want to get buckets at the rim. Number one in points in the paint at fifty six point seven a game. Big Valanciunas and, and Zion should destroy the Bulls at the rim. I don't see any way, shape, or form that they slow the, those guys up. That's been a big. That's been the big issue for the Bulls for a couple of years now. I can say this because these are my guys. Nikola Vucevic is the softest big man in the league by a, <laughs> by a wide margin. He wants nothing to do with playing D down there. He wants nothing to do with banging. And I know we have a joke in the in the my local group chat that he's a thirty million dollar screen man. Like that's how we feel about Vucevic. I know he 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 does clean up the glass quite a bit, but a lot of those are uncontested. He just wants nothing to do with physicality. So I really like this spot for the Pelicans against the Bulls without Drummond is the big key. When Vucevic is getting beat up down there, we've been going to Drummond. Drummond's been rebounding for the Bulls, and he's not going to be around. I just don't like this spot for the Bulls. Bulls giving up 48 points per game in the paint. That's 14th in the league. And then when you pull Drummond out of there, it goes down even more. The next big man on the Bulls is, I guess, Pat Williams, who doesn't play big at all. This is a bad matchup for the Bulls for me. I'm going to lay uh, the one and a half on the, on the road. With the Pelicans at minus one and a half, the Bulls lean on. We know DeMar and, and Levine to score a bunch of points. Pelicans coming off back-to-back L's. I like this spot for New Orleans. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll challenge you a little bit on this one. Let's, let's, yep. let's pick this one apart real quick. All right. So you got some numbers here for you. Um, Vucevic in his career versus Val is four and seven straight up, five and six against the spread. So – not great versus the number, but good straight up, obviously. And this is a tight game, so you're getting a little bit of an edge there. Uh, last two seasons, Bulls versus Pels, right? So when Vooch has been there effectively, three and one. But when Vucevic and Val have both played, it's one and one straight up, one and one ATS. So we got mixed results there. So not a domination by any means. I want to defend Vooch a little bit here because this is a lot of slander from my guy, (laughs) Vooch, who is a competent NBA player. And he may not be the most physical dude, but he's at least a big body. Um, I'm interested to see what the, how this works because the bulls have just been a much different team than I expected this season. They're playing switch a lot more. They're playing ball movement offense. I got to tell you, I'm a little down on the Pels right now. Like they come out the gates storming. They take out the Nets on opening night and we're like, holy shit, we're here. Like the Pels are going to are going to be the surprise team of the season. And then they get hurt and even they get guys back and they just kind of slid a little bit. I'm not sure how much I can really trust them. The number on this is fascinating because based off of the regular season numbers right now. So my matchup model that that focuses on what the number is based off of this season's numbers has this at Pels minus five and a half, which is a great spot, obviously for Pels. Like that's a big clearance, four points of clearance. My manually adjusted power rating gets me to Bulls minus two and a half at the home court. So I'm in the middle of it. I obviously cannot play this because I've got to, I've got my number. Whenever my numbers are like, we don't agree on this game. I, I just got to walk away from it. It's not worth it to me for if, if these two things are different. I will just say, you know, you talked about the physicality. The Pelicans want to be physical on offense, but they don't want to be physical on defense yet. 
And that's a little bit of a problem. Having Herb to stick on DeMar helps. I don't know if Zach's going to play, because at this point, I don't know if Zach's going to play night to night. So I think that factors into this. Jay, I'm curious to know what you think about about this, because I think the Bulls are a little underrated in the market right now. And I worry that the Pels are a little overrated in the market right now. Like, are are we sure that the Pelicans now Bulls are on a third and four back to third and four, so that matters. Not back to back, but third and four. But are we sure that the Pels should be favored in Chicago here? Are we sure of that? Well, both of you guys make really good points. Um, I actually, I'd like to ride with Sean here. This actually is a horrible matchup for the Bulls. Um, he's right. Obviously, this team, now Vucevic, he doesn't have what it takes to go up against Val. And it's not just him. When you got guys like, um, when you have, uh, you got Larry Nance coming off the bench as well. These guys, I mean, Herb Jones going to be trying to get into the paint. Zion was, who's sticking Zion in this game, man? Who's going to stop some of these guys getting to the rim? Ingram, Herb Jones, McCollum, William, uh, Zion, Valachunas, even Trey Murphy and Nance coming off the bench as well. Don't let guys like Jackson Hayes play in this game. So I can tell you why the, um, I can tell you exactly why the, the Pelicans have kind of been slowing off a little bit. They just played five of their last six games on the road, kind of been all over the place. Um, two of those games were on in overtime as well. So they were supposed to look that bad in Indiana. With But after them taking the game off, I do expect them to come to play here. 0-4 against the spread last four. Only won one of their last four games. Um, the the uh, Bulls are 4-1 against the spread last five. But I'm right there with Sean. This is not a good matchup for them, especially down low and in the paint. Um, I might get there with Pelicans minus one and a half and right with Sean. And so I believe it's the right side here. Matt, I, I, didn't know you were, I didn't know you were a big Vucevic guy, man. Yeah, just because I like those, I like those guys that like Vooch was there in Orlando on a team that made the playoffs, doing the work every single night. Like I like those guys that that have good seasons and put in the work and show up and play a lot of games and do heavy minutes. And like Vooch's whole thing has never been lazy. Like he's just not able to move in space. Like that's a problem for him. He's not physically able to do it um, versus an effort thing. I feel like Vooch's effort is high. Um, the three-point edge probably leans towards Pelicans here. I can't bet this. I'll be very interested to see how this one works out. Uh, you guys have made a strong enough case for me, at least to not get me to be contrarian and back the Bulls on a money line play. Uh, let's talk about Portland. So how is Portland not getting more respect uh, in the market right now versus this Hornets team? No Gordon Hayward. Still no LaMelo Ball. It's open four and a half, which is where I got it. It's five now. I feel fine at five. Like I have this minus 11 based off of regular season numbers, power rating, even being conservative. And my power rating is actually pretty nice to the, to the Hornets who have been better than I expected. I still have the seven. You're telling me this is a nine point game in Portland that the Charlotte Hornets taking on a team that's in the top four of the Western conference with Dame and Simons back. And this is only nine. If we flip this to Portland, that doesn't make absolutely any sense whatsoever. Um, I think Charlotte is a is a high floor team. I think that they're going to compete. I think that they are well coached. I think Steve Clifford is a a guy who does a lot of work in terms of getting the the floor of a team up. I think that that's really important to kind of look at. But if we look at the actual kind of makeup of this game. I have a hard time getting to a spot where I can think that this is, there's not value. So I really like Portland here. That's honestly my best bet on the night. Jay, what do you think about Portland minus four and a half? 
Yeah, I couldn't talk you off this one. Blazers are 4-1 and against the spread last five. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Obviously, Josh Hart coming off that game-winning uh, three-point shot right there. Who can That can really kind of propel a team to go off on a winning streak. Hornets 0-5 last five um, straight up, right where they're supposed to be. It's not surprising. Blazers also 7-3 against the spread last 10 meetings. I uh, could only play the Blazers here. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I, it's simple as that. I agree 100%. They've just been playing really, really good basketball, and they seem to really like each other. I, that, that doesn't get talked about enough. They're, they're just having fun together. I think there's no expectation on them coming into the year. It was kind of one of those things where Dame is back in the fold. Let's see what we do. And they're playing really well with each other. They got a bunch of guys that can score. Hart is a great addition to to the whole thing. Now fully loaded for a full season. So yeah, I I, I couldn't look at Charlotte in this spot. I looked this up since uh, 19, 2019, 2020. So the last three seasons here, uh, the Pelic, the Hornets rather, without Gordon Hayward when he does not play, are forty nine and eighty one straight up, thirty seven point seven percent. Now the ATS number is 50%, 63, 63, and four. So that's got to be factored in here. But if we then look at if LaMelo Ball is also out, it drops to 28 and 53, 35% straight up. And still about, the market actually uh, factors it accurately at 49%. I just, I I can't get here on this team. I feel like the Hornets are getting way too much credit. So I'll play Blazers minus four and a half as, or five, or five and a half, or six, honestly, as... My best bet. Let's have a few more before we get out of here. Uh, my other play for the night that I want to talk about is the Lakers. So, all right. Taking on the Clippers. Team's garbage. Team's horrible. No doubt. No question. Not, not going to sit here and try and argue that the Lakers are underrated in the market. Not going to sit here and try and tell you that this team is heading anywhere good. Not going to try and tell you this team doesn't get blown up by Christmas. What I am going to tell you is that the Clippers suck too right now. And they got that big comeback win versus the Cavaliers. Maybe they build on that. It's entirely possible that they build on that game, that win versus the Cavaliers. But it took a 16-0 run for a team at the end of a West Coast road trip. Coming off of all these big wins, it took that for them to get back into this game. The Clippers have been one of the bottom five offenses in the NBA this season. I don't understand why, but it's not just shooting percentages. They're not taking enough threes. They're like 20th in three-point rate. They don't have a great pick-and-roll weapon. They don't have any of these combos. Kawhi's clearly not back out. Like Their formula for the last couple of seasons has been, hey, let's move the ball around. We're going to draw attention with either Reggie Jackson, who's been terrible this year, Paul George, who's been awesome this year, um, and then we're going to draw attention and kick out to shooters. That's not happening. Like Teams are are scouting it, and they're not able to get the three-point volume off. If you're not going to take threes, and you're not going to score points, you are among the only teams the Los Angeles Lakers can hang within margin of because they're so bad offensively, they're in the same boat. This looks like a rock fight. Like on paper, this looks like a rock fight. Clearly, we got no home court here with it being a, being a, Laker, a, a Clippers-Lakers game, so I don't have to worry about any sort of edge or a flip on that. And I don't, wanna, I don't feel like it's worth it for me to play the four and a half where I think the better value here, I'm going to stay away from the spread entirely, but I am playing a small a small play, not full unit, small play on Lakers plus 170 here. Yeah, we'll see LeBron, sure. We'll, we'll find out his availability. 
I don't really care because I think this is basically a college game. If we have two offenses that can't score, I'm within margin, and I'll go ahead and I'll take the plus money. Jay, what do you think? I actually couldn't talk you off there. This would actually be a nice little – this would fit my system of fading the public and going against the whole world and cash and line open up at five and a half. It's going down to four and a half as well. Obviously, the Lakers have not looked well. They get back Patrick Beverly here, so at least that helps. And going up against the Clippers, we know that he's going to be in the team's ear. He's going to want this one. They lost eight straight to the Clippers, so you get eight times revenge there. With the Clippers are eight and one against the spread last nine meetings. But like you said, without having Kawhi here, the offense is really stagnant. It's, it's a deep as team as they are really good defenders they can switch everything but the offense can really get stagnant we know the lakers they can play really good defense and they try to run and gun i wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the lakers uh win and cover this game especially with this being an espn game everybody being on the clippers here um i couldn't talk you off there man i might play the lakers here personally yeah a little a little rested lebron if marcus morris doesn't go crazy and start hitting jumpers as well they lose that game that was a really interesting way for them to get back into the game paul george started going crazy marcus morris was hitting jumpers it was a very balanced scoring attack across the board for the clippers but yeah like you said matt no one really no one you're really scared of outside of paul george so yeah i mean i i i do like the spot it is an interesting revenge espn lebron almost may have rested to get to this game that's that's something that's not really talked about mm -hmm. so like yeah that. this is a this is an interesting spot right here for the lakers uh real quick i'm taking over at a high high number but my miles got it over uh nuggets pacers over 235 a couple of folks over at action are on this game already it look it's a high number i'm not saying it's not a high number but the pacers are just all offense Nuggets defense has been a little bit better, but they play teams like the Thunder and the Spurs in order to get that number back where they wanted it to be. The Pacers have a lot of offense. Tyrese Halliburton should absolutely rip to pieces their, their pick and roll coverage. They don't have a good point of attack. They they play too much drop right now. Um, this is a Nuggets team. I think that their offense night to night, their ceiling is going to be, or their floor is like on a normal night. Their floor is going to be like 110. So I think that there's every reason to think that they can put up a huge number. I wouldn't be surprised if this game was close. I wouldn't be surprised if this game was an absolute track meet. Denver's been playing faster, which is a little surprising. They've been playing a little bit faster this season. Their pace isn't as grinded out as it has been in the last couple of years. So with how fast Indiana runs and where Indiana's offense at, I'll take the over at 235. Any thoughts on that one, Jay? Uh, I don't have many thoughts on this that one. Um, I do know what the Pacers are five and zero against the spread um, last five. So uh, I do think at some point they're about to drop one. If I'm playing that game, I look towards the Nuggets. I think they get whatever they want uh, offensively in this one. So I think that bodes well for you over here. And then finally, this is what I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, I want to talk about Raptors Rockets. Okay, so Houston gets the win. It's a it's a road trip, so they get the win in Orlando. They fly to White Vegas. They play in Toronto. Toronto's a <laughs> nine-point favorite. So we flip this, and this is only Raptors minus five in Houston. That sounds soft, but then we got factor Siakam. My question would be, Jay, how much do you think Siakam is worth to the spread for Toronto? 
Well, uh, as far as like just points wise, I can't really put a, put my finger on it, but he's worth more than people think, in my opinion. This is the thing about the Raptors, though. They have a lot of different type of guys that do the same thing. So um, I always say if they're hitting threes, this Raptors team is so scary because they're just defensively their top tier. Um, I can't tell you I'm not taking the Rockets here. This is somewhat a throwout game for me. I'm not really strong on either side here, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors did whatever they wanted versus the Rockets here. Um, they could really shut them down with Whatever the Rockets want to do here. Um, I always feel like if the Raptors aren't getting those defensive calls against them, it's their type of game. Any any game that they're uh, letting allowed them to play that sticky type of defense could be their game. I don't like the Rockets really on the road. They're coming off a win. Uh, it's a tough game for me, man. I'm sorry. I don't really uh, – this is a game that I really just threw out here. Siakam is worth two, two and change, in my opinion. The reason yeah. I bet the Bulls the other night against Toronto is because – Siakam was going to be able to impact the game inside. He wasn't around. And then Fred Van Vliet was going to have to take care of business. Fred played well, but missing Siakam was a big reason that the Bulls got that W, in my opinion. And that's why I'm fading the Bulls coming up here tomorrow or tonight because I think that inside they're going to have too much trouble dealing with uh, the Pels guys. You think two, you think two points for Siakam is too many, Matt? No, I think it's light. Yeah. I think okay. the market is at two. Right. So bookmaker, this has kind of been how I've used the estimation. Um, I asked a, a bookmaker one time we were, we were getting drinks. And I just asked, I just spit out a bunch of players and, you know, he had them off the top of his head and I asked him like Paul George is three. So if Paul George is three. Siakam's probably got to be two non all-star not considered that high, but I think Siakam needs to be a full three points. So there's probably a point of value here in the market, in the number on Toronto or on Houston because this probably hasn't adjusted enough for the loss of Siakam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Problem is I just can't get to, if this is in Houston Raptors minus five, like if it's Raptors minus five in Houston, I'm smashing this. Right. <laughs> Laying double digits is a lot, <laughs> but I can't, I think it's a stay away. I think it's an interesting game though, just from the perspective of, okay, did Houston just play a, a shitty magic team and get it together? Or did they actually, did they have a little bit of momentum Raptors? tough two game set versus the bulls. Can they get this figured out? Um, can they figure out how to win without Siakam? Cause they play starters so heavy, but the Houston bench isn't great. It's a fascinating game. Like I kind of, I, I kind of want to play Toronto because I think the number's light. But without Siakam, I think it's a stay away. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that as well. All right, let's go wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. You can follow Jay on Twitter at JMoney is money for all his picks as well as on the Action Network app. You can follow Sean the same at Chicago Flow on Twitter. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Download the Action Network app. You can catch this show as well as our show Green Dot Daily, bringing you the daily betting agenda and all of our great podcasts. The football season continues now into the stretch run of the season. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you guys again tomorrow. Until then, let's get buckets. <laughs>